this week, guys, since I got kind of uh, bogged down in questions last week, I still want you to throw the questions in the comments. But I'm going to get through this whole thing before I start answering questions. So then I'll go back into the comments and I'll I'll see what you guys had and then I'll answer them all at the end. So, okay, before I go into this, I, I started on it last week, so I want to review a little bit. So the systems in any business are the inner workings of the entire thing, okay? So when we create a foundation, which we're going to get into in a second here, uh, I always like to use a house analogy. So if we're going to build a house, we have a foundation. That's not the system. That's just what the house is built on. The systems are the inner workings of everything in the house. And the problem, ductwork, all that kind of stuff, right? The things that make the house work, airflow, electricity, plumbing, those are all the systems of the house, okay? The reason I'm mentioning this is I get on the, a lot of calls with you guys, and not, not just from you guys, obviously. I get a lot of calls from a lot of different sources. Some of you do get on calls with me from this group, which is great. Um, and you want to talk all about the bells and the whistles in your business, right? So in the house analogy, it's the shiny stuff. It's the paint on the wall. And the paint on the wall, of course, is really nice. It buttons it up really nice, but it's not the core of the business, okay? The core of the business is really the operating systems, and I'm not talking about tech. I mean the systems and processes that everybody in the organization follows in order to get stuff done. So, yes, sales is a system. Marketing is a system. Ops is a system. Even the way that your clients experience your service is a system, okay? And it's important to have all that stuff mapped out. But on today's meeting, I'm going to give you all the keys, okay? There are 10, and it's essentially a framework. And they are basically in order of importance here. They're not the systems themselves, okay? They are the keys to make the systems work, okay? So I'm going to start off with number one, okay? That is your big vision, your big ideal outcome. So it's, it's mostly about for, for the entrepreneurs that I help, it's actually more about their dream life than it is about the, the business. And that's, we always start there because if you guys have been with me for a while, you know that the business that you have or business is, if you're like me, it's just a vehicle or multiple vehicles to get you where you want to go in life. And you back up your, your why with that vehicle. But if you don't know what the vision is for your lifestyle, you can't actually make the business function because it's going to be out of alignment. It's also really, really tough to set real goals if you don't have the vision mapped out. So if you guys have been around a while, uh, between the two and the five year mark, uh, this is like a 10 year plan for your lifestyle and then subsequently your business vision and what it's going to do in the world. Uh, if you're kind of in that sub five year mark, you're kind of in the one to five year mark, it's actually a five year plan. And if you guys are just starting out, you've just launched, maybe you're just getting to your first 10K in revenue, it's the first year. 
Okay, so with that comes goal setting and reverse engineering the goals and everything. I'm not going to get in the weeds on that, but that is a key to developing the systems required for you to grow and scale the business to get to the vision. If you don't know what the vision is, how are you going to get there? There's no strategy to get there. Some people have a vision of multiple mansions and generational wealth. Other people just want to work in the business, be a solopreneur and make six figures. Doesn't matter where you fall into that, but you gotta identify it. So that one's actually numbers one, two, and three in these keys are basically, in my opinion, the most important because it fuels everything. Okay. Number two, purpose and mission. Okay. They come on the heels of your vision. Okay. You understand how they're not the same. The purpose, it's kind of like the GPS. Okay. So when you have a GPS, you know where you are, you know where you're trying to go, right? But if you don't have both of those coordinates, the GPS is worthless, right? So the GPS is the tool that's going to get you from here to there. So if your purpose is to end world hunger through your business, that's great. Well, that's a good purpose. And now you know your mission and it's a lot easier to get there now. Now that's a pretty big thing to bite off in my opinion. But uh, this is also where the mission of the entire business comes in, right? You hear about a mission statement, stuff like that. It's all about the purpose of the actual entrepreneur, okay, or at least the entrepreneurs that I work with that are trying to create lifestyle businesses. That's what we're talking about, your purpose and your mission. Okay, number three, this one's going to come as a shock to you. You think I'm going to go in a different direction, but it's still related. Lifestyle alignment. Okay, so this is this is a really hot topic right now in terms of self-care. You hear a lot about that on the Internet. So the way I like to think about this is a healthy owner can run a healthy business. It's different for every entrepreneur, but we've gone through our vision. We've gone through our purpose. And now we're defining the way that you want to live your life. Okay, so day to day, do you want to wake up at noon every day and only work for two hours a day? That's a thing. Be honest with you. Most of the successful entrepreneurs that I work with, they want to keep working like forever. They never want to stop. But I'm not saying I'm never going to come across this. Okay. Do you value time with your family? Date night, hobbies, doing creative things, the things that fuel you, the things that spark you. I don't know if you saw the movie Soul, but they would give the soul a spark, right? What is your spark? Making sure that thing is happening actually is going to fuel your business to be better. When most people are spending all the time in the weeds, right? People I coach, we get them onto their spark or the lifestyle alignment, as I like to say, for everything to come through. So if you want to read about this a little bit, uh, it's called the unschedule. So if you just go into Google and read about the unschedule, it's essentially purposely taking time to do the things or nothing that, that really fuel you. And uh, it's something that I work on with, with all my clients. Okay, number four, the core values. Of course, you probably thought that I was going to go there on number three, and I did not. Okay, so number four is core values. But core values are pretty easy once we've done vision and, and your goals, the big purpose and mission and lifestyle alignment. Man, outlining the core values for yourself are awesome, but now you're 
transcending yourself and getting them into your organizational culture. So the brand should be very, very consistent. All of the team should know exactly what the core values are. Most businesses, we only have three to five. Some have seven, right? But uh, core values are really, really uh, foundational to this whole systemization thing. Okay, number five, finding your niche, okay? So a lot of people or a lot of entrepreneurs I work with, they say, okay, well, who's your, uh, who's your avatar? Who's your niche? And they're like, well, if they have a pulse and a credit card, they're my customer. No, that's going to be so hard to scale because, A, if you're in a client business like mine, uh, working with certain clients does not fuel you. It's not, it doesn't go along with your vision, your mission, and your alignment. Okay. It doesn't feel good to serve certain clients. So it seems backwards. And I know there's cliches about this, like the riches are in the niches, but it's not, I'm not necessarily talking about a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. So like if you are a music teacher, and you're niching down to the exact instrument that you love and niching down to the exact chord or song that you play, it's probably a niche of a niche of a niche, which is a little bit too much. I'm more getting you to find a semi-broad niche, right? Maybe uh, for for me, for the business coaching that I do, it tends to be client businesses. But here's where I'm going with this. The people that I work with, they almost always have kids. They like coffee. Okay, they're family oriented and they like to have a great lifestyle. So, for example, I like to fish and they don't have to be fishermen, but they, they have to have something because then we can relate on that. Right. And I can help my clients even better when they fit into that. So when I'm on calls with people, they think they're on a sales call where they're actually on an interview. Right. Because because I can help a lot of people. But who I actually want to work with is specific. And I, you know, well, I'm not really just starting out anymore, so I have that luxury, right, that I that I get to pick and choose. If I was just starting out, especially when I opened my gym eight years ago, I took anybody, and that was a big mistake. It ended up draining me. That's a topic for a whole other discussion, but finding your niche, finding your avatar, really, really important. Okay, number six. Ready? Drum roll, please. The right people in the right seats, Okay. So if you're just starting out, if you're a solopreneur, if you've taken the time to make an org chart, and if you haven't, I really suggest you do it, your name is in every single box on that org chart, okay? And that's all right. When you're scaling, when you're growing the team, it's important to remove your name and put the other people in those roles, but they need to be the right people for those roles, So you might be starting out, you hire your first uh, customer service person. You turn them into a generalist because you think, oh, I got my first employee. I'm just going to give them absolutely everything. But then they end up quitting in a couple of months for a couple of reasons. One, you probably didn't define their role good enough. But number two, maybe you didn't find out what they loved, right? Just like we're doing here, starting back with number one, looking at our overall vision, our purpose, then our lifestyle alignment, defining our core values in our niche. Ultimately, as business owners, we're only going to do the stuff that we absolutely love doing and, and we're good at, right? And as you ascend and as you get out of the weeds of the business and all the little things, it's really important for you 
to have these conversations with your team to make sure that they feel the same way about the role. Now, things change, and it doesn't mean that they're the wrong people. So I've seen a lot of business owners fire somebody when all they needed to do was change the role and task that they were doing because they they loved the company. They were loyal to the company. They just weren't inspired by the things that they were doing. So putting the right people in the right seats is number six. It is an absolute key to your systems. Okay, number seven is roles and responsibilities. So that's on the heels of number six, okay? Uh, startups, solopreneurs, or just a set of a couple of partners, they wear every single hat in the business, like I said. They're in every box of that org chart. So sometimes it's hard to let stuff go, right? And guys, I know this more than anything uh, there are some really funny stories about the first time I outsourced somebody to clean my bathrooms right at my at my gym. And before this, I was doing everything, wearing every single hat, including the janitorial work. OK, and because I was just I thought that I was saving money at the time. That's a different story. But I had a specific pattern that I like to mop and and vacuum. And my new person didn't do it. And I lost it because they weren't doing it the same as me, and it just wasn't that good of a job. So instead of leading that person, now there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. They did not need to use the same mop pattern. That is absolutely ridiculous. That was on me, not them. But if if I had taken the time to define the role and the responsibility, then all I would have had to do was review and help them with it instead of losing it because they did something different than the way I was doing it. So as you guys are ascending and you're hiring, assigning roles and responsibilities is no easy task, okay? It's a lot easier than it used to be, okay? I used to have these thick manuals and everything for every little task that that my team would do. And now I have a pretty great uh, video system for for showing them the whole thing, and it's usually me in the video. Uh, And I have a bunch of other nifty tricks, too, now that technology is better, but... I don't want to go into the weeds on that. I just want to say number seven is roles and responsibility. Number eight, KPIs. You guys have heard this a million times. Just in case you haven't, that is key performance indicators. Okay? We all know it. What gets measured gets managed. It's true. So tracking all the most important metrics for your business, it's not just a nice to have. It's an absolute must If you're trying to grow the business, if you're trying to scale, if you're trying to get out of the weeds and get your time back, if you don't know or if you don't measure, rather, your KPIs, that's going to help with your strategy because you're going to identify your strategy and you don't know how it's going if you don't measure the KPIs all the time, right? So if you have a sales team, some owners like to meet with the sales team every single day, every single morning. My style is a little bit different. I like to do uh, beginning of the week, right? I like to stack a lot of my meetings on on the beginning of the week just because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then I like to do little meetings in between, not big meetings, and then a wrap at the end of the week where everybody's filled in their KPI sheets. Um, there are all kinds of KPIs, and they're going to be different for your business. Uh, my my client experience even has a KPI based on how the clients are feeling. But we measure all of these things. How do you know what stuff to measure? Well, at your 
vision meet and meeting and mapping at the beginning of the year. Remember I said you had to have at minimum a one year plan. That's when you map all this stuff out. And I recommend doing it in quarters and then extract each week out of the quarter. So 12 weeks at a time with a one or two week sort of break and transition. Um, but if you don't know your numbers, uh, you need to figure out what the numbers are that you need to track for your business or you're just not going to be able to grow. It's basically impossible. You ever watch Shark Tank and the entrepreneur doesn't know their numbers? They just fillet them. Same thing. Okay. So they might be, some people love numbers and other people are really, really bored by them. Doesn't matter either way. If you're really, really bored by them, you got to hire somebody to do it and you still got to review them. Even if you hate it, if you want to grow, you want to get out of the weeds, you got to know them. Okay. Number nine, SOPs, standard operating procedures. I think of these at a little bit different than roles and responsibilities. Okay. Roles and responsibilities are the definitions of what you are uh, hiring people to do. And I did get into a little bit of SOPs when I was talking about roles and responsibilities. So apologize for that. But the whole goal of the business owner is to clone themselves. Okay. As soon as you get to a point where it's possible and it's always sooner than you think it is, every single business owner says, Oh, I'll hire somebody when I get to X level. There's always some number and it makes absolutely no sense when when you talk through it. So do it sooner than later, but do it strategically. But you got to train your clone on how you do everything. So I was going into this a little bit on video and, and, uh, and tracking. Um, but at the end of the day or the end of the week, depending on how often you're having your review meetings with your, with your team, they have little checklists and here's how I like to break up SOPs. There's two styles and, in my opinion, you actually need both. Okay. You have your A player hires. A player hires don't need detailed checklists. Okay. A player hires is like the Harvard model. They're your highest level people. Okay. Your, the people managing your sales team, managing your marketing and managing your clients. Highest level. You want to give them looser guidelines, though you do want to follow up. So this is more in the roles and responsibilities. Your McDonald's model, the checklist model, is what I like. I like to call it McDonald's because anybody can get a job at McDonald's as soon as they're 15 years old, and they can just follow the checklist and check the boxes. That's more like my cleaner example that I was talking about earlier. Okay, so you need both. You need to hire A players. But you also do need the, the the other type of player, right? And I'm not saying those are not A players. They're just not the Harvard model. I've hired some of the most intelligent people that needed the checklist model, and it's just the way that they think. But some of the most brilliant people on the other side, I gave them checklists, and they ended up quitting because there was too much control. Okay, so it's a comp. It, it, SOPs are absolutely required. Okay. With the A players, you still give it to them and say, here is how I do it. Find your own way. All I need to see is the KPI. Okay. With the McDonald's model, it's here's how I do it. I want it done exactly this way. 
Last, number 10, review and iteration. It seems so basic, guys, but I know most of the time this gets skipped over. So how often are you doing reviews on your KPIs, first of all, not to mention your team and your staff, right? So once you establish your big strategy for the year, then you whittle it down to the quarters, and then you whittle the quarter down into 12 separate weeks. There's many reviews. I do daily many reviews. Okay. Those are like five minutes, but they're just essentially reviewing what happened that day and what I have a whole productivity plan for that. That's not what I'm talking about. The weekly review is big because it reviews all the big KPIs. Did we hit the weekly goals? Yes or no? If the answer is no, why? If the answer is no repeatedly week after week, there's iteration that's required. Okay. So iteration is, is just means changing the plan. So you still need the ultimate goal. Now, if you have some campaign that's going to take four to 12 weeks to know if it even works, obviously we're not going to review that stuff. But if you are a service business and you're getting leads and your sales team is not converting those leads like they were three months ago, there's a problem somewhere. So either uh, it's a leadership issue or it's time to iterate. Either way, step 10 is review and iteration. Okay. Constant iteration is one of those clues. Success leaves clues, right? We've heard that cliche. Uh, constant iteration is one of the clues of the most successful entrepreneurs, regardless of industry or, or type of business. So there are your 10 keys. I am going to look over at my other screen here to see if we do have questions. So now would be a great time for questions about any of them. And I'll review really fast as I'm pulling it up. Number one is vision and goals. Number two is purpose and mission. Number three is lifestyle alignment. Number four is core values. Number five is finding your niche. Number Excuse me. Number six is right people, right seats. Number seven, roles and responsibilities. Eight, KPIs. Nine, SOPs. Ten, review and iteration. Okay. Lilia, I missed your challenge. Didn't see it in my inbox. Are you going to have another challenge soon? Lilia, I'm sorry to break this to you. I don't know if I'm ever going to do a challenge of this kind again. I will have another challenge. Um, this one was like a new year, new you, like more on the health side for entrepreneurs. And it's going pretty well so far, but I forget that uh, when, you know, since I've been out of the, the gym game for a while, uh, implementing difficult nutrition plans for a large group of people is is more work than I than I remembered. Uh, Mike Tuttle says, hey, Brian, good to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, Mike. But Lilia, the next challenge that I have cooking is more in the realm of business. Okay, so I have a couple of ideas. I'm going to decide on one or the other. Um, one working one I have now that I was talking to uh, one of my partners about doing is we found out that there are actually a, a decent number. I mean, I know the group says superpowers for entrepreneurs. So you'd think that most people in the group are actually like acting entrepreneurs and they are. Um, but 
we found that there's a pretty good number of people that are still aspiring. So we're thinking about doing a challenge to help them actually launch. So if that sounds like something cool, let me know. Um, okay. If there are no other questions, I'm going to go ahead and remember at the beginning, I told you guys, I just want to show you this thing that I made. And if you want it, let me know. So remember, this whole presentation was titled 10 Keys to Systems. I made this thing. Okay. I made this little PDF, 10 Keys to Systems. And I listed all of these keys for you and a really nice little PDF. And uh, yeah. So if you want that, let me know in the comments. Okay. Comment systems in the chat and I'll get it sent over to you. Usually it takes me a couple of days, but I'll, I'll contact you over DM and I'll just make sure that it's, it's going to be, it's going to suit you and not mess you up. Right. Uh, sequence is big in business. If you go out of sequence, uh, then you're going to get all messed up. But if you want it, uh, go ahead and tell me systems. Let's see. Can you talk about sales and marketing systems? So this is what I was talking about at the beginning. Okay. Sales and marketing systems. So let's go back to my house analogy really fast. So the, the, the lifeblood of the business is what I kind of what I just talked about. It's the foundational stuff. And then it's your electricity, your plumbing and your ventilation system in the house. Okay. Sales and marketing would be like the furnace or the ventilation system. It is the lifeblood of the business. Okay. So this is probably a topic for another live stream because those are, those are individual systems by themselves. And on either topic, I could probably give a week long, uh, symposium going into the weeds on those things. So let me, let me leave you with this. The simpler, the better. Okay. So I don't know what your business is. Um, you asked about sales and marketing systems. It could be as simple as you get a lead. You talk to him on the phone and you follow up. That right there is a sales and marketing system. And if you look at business that predated uh, the internet, that was the way it was done. Now it's a little bit different. It's a combination of things. We use social media. So just talking about social media organic versus paid advertising is an insane topic. And then we get into which channel of paid advertising do you use? The answer is the one you'll do. Okay. So if you're just starting out, organic is the way to get your first 10, 20, 50 K. Okay. Pretty easy. Uh, but to, kind of put it on steroids, if you will, you add a little bit of paid marketing behind it. Okay. And it can be in any channel. Um, sales. It all depends on your process and what your actual business is. So if you're like um, my wife and I are launching a e-com clothing brand later this year. Okay. E-com works a lot differently than say my my high level consulting clients or a mastermind. The sales process is totally, totally different. So going into that, 
so somebody says, I, I can't see who the user is on this software. Somebody says, marketing is a systematic wheel that drives the sale. Marketing is about awareness and sales is about becoming a customer. Okay. So marketing makes somebody aware of what it is you have to do. And then sales actually brings them into your world. Okay. So for an e-com business, it's a lot of in your face stuff. You might not be aware of the company right now. Marketing is definitely a systematic wheel that drives a sale though. A hundred percent. So, okay. I was trying to keep this to 30 minutes today. So what I'll do is I will start diving into each of these systematic pieces in the coming weeks on these lives. If that would be helpful to you guys in the meantime, uh, I'll DM you. I don't, I'm not going to have time today. Just being honest. I got to jump on a call here. I will DM you in the next couple of days uh, to see if you still want the systems PDF. If so, that's great. If you're like, man, that's super basic. I got all that dialed in. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. Either way, you guys, I would love to help you. So with your system specifically, I'd like to help you set it up. So I would like to jump on a call with you. Um, marketing can do some pre-sales and pre-qualifications. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And marketing can do it all, too, depending on what your business is. It, it can. You don't ever have to talk to a human being if your price point is low enough. So anyway, love to jump on a call with you guys to systemize your business. Just shoot me a DM. Uh and we'll set it up that way. I'm not going to drop a link on this call because it's going to get caught in the weeds with all the people who want the PDF. So, all right, you guys, I will see you next week. Same time, same place, 5 p.m. Eastern. It's been fun, and I'm glad you guys got some value today.